1: What's up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is Nate Thurston with Good Morning Liberty. We are at Freedom Fest in Memphis, Tennessee, and I am sitting
0: down with David McGarry. David, how you doing today? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, we've had a great first couple of days of the conference mm-hmm. and uh, ready for a great couple more. Have you caught some good speeches yet? Yeah, um, there's really been a whole host of things from, uh, from speeches that are a little bit more focused on bigger-scale theory issues, and then down to some of the nitty-gritty policy stuff. I know they've had some criminal justice stuff. Um, there was a very interesting AI panel uh, hmm. the first day that we were here, and I'd hate to inform you, but we're going to have to integrate with AI so that we can keep up with it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we might like have to... directly give... integrate yes. with AI? Yes, because Okay. We apparently we can't be smarter than the computers unless we're part computer. <laughs> um, and then also we might have to give AI human rights along the way. So. You know, that's something that's really interesting that I wonder if we're going to get to.
1: If the if the robots, if the AI are going to have any type of rights eventually, maybe like
0: an AI union or something like that. I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the the real place that we'll know that we've gone too far is when the AI starts getting occupational licensing for the AI to create more <laughs> AI. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I, fu- I fully uh, fully anticipate an AI union by the time we're done with this. Will AI think AI is too dangerous? Well, I think I think that's a I mean I think that's a very very likely possibility considering the fact that all the people who are making AI right now um seem to think that AI is so dangerous already um like you have the uh, you have the head of open AI um calling for occupational licensing in front of in front of Congress and AI reflects the uh in some way to some degree reflects the uh, views and the perspective of the people that write it so i i could definitely see something like that down the road now you're a writer
1: we've had you on to talk about uh some of your articles before and are you working on anything currently that people need to know about what yeah what are you talking about these days
0: so i would i'll raise um a uh big a big case that just is breaking this week in the world of antitrust with the ftc now you know that we are in a very modern era when the uh large economic and public policy concerns of our time Uh, swirl around Call of Duty. So (laughs) basically, Microsoft, which owns Xbox, is trying to buy Activision, which produces Call of Duty. Um, The general idea is that they think that they can um, uh, uh, spread Call of Duty's access. They're trying to bring it to Switch for the first time. They're going to bring it to cloud gaming. Um, And the FTC... As I'm sure your listeners are at least marginally aware, or maybe some of them are, some of them are. But the, today's FTC, um, under its current chair, is advancing a much more, uh, shall we say, aggressive and um, uh, legally dubious interpretation of a lot of very old antitrust law. And basically, the the fundamental conceit at the at the center of it is that um, big is somehow inherently, almost metaphysically, bad. Um, just big business is bad, mergers are bad. And um, this FTC and also its uh, its counterparts over the Department of Justice have sort of left behind what uh, we call the Consumer Welfare Standard, which is exactly what it talk, or, uh, what it sounds like, meaning that um, basically um, antitrust regulators, according to the Consumer Welfare Standard, should regulate for the welfare of consumers. They shouldn't do things that raise prices for consumers. They shouldn't do things that make your choice and, and selection um, smaller in the market, and we totally left that behind at this point. They
1: seem to have forgotten about what is best for consumers, and they're only looking now for uh, allegedly what's best for competitors, even though in some cases they're talking about uh, potential future competitors that might not even exist yet. I think that was in the the meta case, right, when yes. it, to, it came to the uh, uh, whatever the game with the workout thing, uh, yeah, I don't know it was what it the was, the merger, potential yeah. future market that, the, that was going to exist. Um, you know, they don't like monopolies or corporations to get too big, but the government getting super big is, is just fine. You know, right. that's fine. Right. They're allowed to have a monopoly on those things. Now, what's your view on when I hear someone say monopoly, I get kind of annoyed but funny. They'll say like monopolies a lot as it pertains to one industry and how multiple companies have a monopoly in the same industry and I always find it to be a bit odd. Um, what's your view on monopolies? Do we have a lot of those right now? Are we suffering from too big a business at yeah, the moment?
0: Yeah, I mean the consolidation <laughs> is a really good question. So, um, monopolies as a as a concept mm. are obviously it's a, it's a, it's an economic it's an economic reality that they That they can exist, at least in theory. The problem, like you're saying, is that folks like to sort of. Insert the word monopoly in lieu of actually making economic arguments about why or about or really present They 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 throw around monopoly instead of actually presenting the evidence that there is Market control and anti-competitive behavior going on in a given situation because just saying monopoly suddenly gives them license to um, To go forward with it. So I mean I'm a good so Thomas Solman. So I think that I think Absent government regulation absent rent seeking ab- absent regulatory capture true monopolies are actually very very rare um, and I'm not particularly worried about them because I just don't think that they exist in very many cases. Um, I'm sure there's some industries in which they exist. I can't think of a major one in, in which they do currently today. Um, but it's, it's, it's definitely, I think a, a buzzword that gives or uh, that regulators use to give themselves license. Do you think the current, uh, FTC, I can't remember her name. Vena Khan.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just on a mission You think uh, like very anti big business, uh, maybe just a philosophical mission here to take down these big corporations, you know, or is it really she really cares about these legal standards and precedents from a couple hundred years ago? Yeah,
0: well, I mean, so she's part of a movement called the neo brandeisian movement, and that's named after uh, a famous antitruster. Uh, Louis Brandeis, who subsequently became um, uh, Supreme Court Justice in the Progressive Era, right? And so if we go back and we think about the Progressive Era, some of the basic uh, fundamental tenets is that we should give disinterested experts a whole lot of executive power, and we should sort of divorce them from the legislature so that they're not hampered by uh, all of the constitutional and procedural barriers um that our democratic republic has put in front of government to stop it from overreaching right the whole point of our constitution the reason why we're not a direct democracy is that the founders realized that um absent checks and balances tyranny is just one it's just one vote away in, in so many different cases um and we protect minority rights in this country right we the we can fight over whether or we're democracy or republic whatever but the point is all of our republican um checks and balances all of the procedural things that we that we've built into our system are to protect the rights of minorities against overzealous majorities right Mm -hmm. so when it comes just to bring this back to the ftc because that kind of went a little bit far afield um but this ftc basically has a in my view a myopic uh view of what is fair competition they sort of like this literal list like a a, I guess like a a field of of little guys all butting heads and doing their thing Mm. and then they don't like it when when business starts getting too big even though that benefits consumers but again they're not they're divorced from that they don't care um but it's um it's it's honestly it's 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 bad economics and then that is sort of married with um a real disregard for following the precedent, following the legal precedents, fo- even following the statute, sometimes even presenting evidence, um, whenever that gets in their way. And so, what happened in this case? You said that there was there was good, big news, good news, good news. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we had a federal judge who who uh, basically greenlit the, um, uh, or I should say, declined to stop the this merger. Um, and what the judge said is that uh, the evidence wasn't there um not only will this merger be um well not only will it not be anti-competitive but it'll actually be it will be it will be a good thing for consumers because again they're going to bring it to they're going to bring call of duty to switch they're going to bring it to cloud gaming they're going to expand access for customers to this um but the ftc's case relied on pretty bad evidence it relied on debunked expert testimony it uh they part of their case actually relied on statements from uh the ceo of um or one of the executives of, of Sony of PlayStation, which is which is okay. um, which is a um, direct competitor. Like that's that's what they're doing. They, yeah. That's who the FTC is relying on to try to stop mergers these days.
1: So I don't know if we talked about this last time I had you on, but you know that three hundred three creative for sure case yeah. that just went through. You know how that made it to the Supreme Court. Yeah, the the ruling. Uh, it was the tenth circuit that it went through, I believe. Is that I'll right? I'll defer on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, went through. Yeah. Uh, they basically found that her rights had been violated, but that she had a monopoly. And I don't, I don't know, I feel like not a big enough deal was made about this. I've read this several times, yeah. and it is some of the most just egregious uh, ideas I've ever heard, but the, the thing is, uh, they were quelling her free speech, but because she made a unique product, a unique creative product, she was the only person that could make that product, uh, that she essentially had control of that market. Yeah. Of, of her own creativity. And therefore this judge or who, I don't know how many judges decide this, but the person that wrote the opinion, the court's opinion yeah. yeah, their opinion would say that all of us are a
0: monopoly over the product that we create and our own creativity. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I'm gonna. I, w- I will. I will. now. You know, take Good Morning Liberty to court because um, because it won't uh, write me a birthday message or something. Because you are a monopoly of, mm-hmm. of, of your art. I mean, no, it's it's a ridiculous. Um, it's a it's a it's a facially ridiculous um, argument that they were, that they were making. But it, honestly, it, it sort of is a. Um, it's an extreme version of an argument that a lot of uh, technocrats and sort of technocrat friendly folks like to make, um, which is. We are going to define the relevant market for any given business in the way that is convenient so that we can pr- or prove, air quotes, prove that um, that there's some kind of capture and now mm-hmm. we can regulate it. So, so we can convenient. do what we want, right, basically, right. whatever our ideology is. So exactly. we can do that. Yeah. That's scary
1: for that oh, to actually, scary. like, that's why it was in the Supreme Court. You know, that's, yeah. why, that's why it made it that far in the first place. I, I could not believe it when I actually read about this and I didn't hear enough people talking about it. Um, anything else that you're writing about right now that, you know, we're gonna, or that you're talking about right now, interested in, uh, that our listeners would need to know
0: about? Yeah. Um, I will, I will just, um, as a public service announcement, I will, I will just raise everyone's uh, attention. The, uh, NDAA right now that it's going through, um, that's going through Congress. Um, the, uh, it. I think, I think it's unquestionable that national defense is one of the proper, um, one of the one of the, the proper functions of government however when we actually look at um the programs that the department of defense is is running and the way that they're funding things it's i mean there's a lot of log rolling there's a lot of uh playing favorites there's a lot of funding ball bearings in various districts that we don't need and as as taxpayers we should um we should do a better job of holding our elected officials to account for just wasting our money and i would even argue because of all this waste um it actually um weakens it actually weakens national defense which is you know what the government's supposed to be good at in Mm -hmm. the first place well i enjoy the public service announcement i've been i've been seeing some
1: things on twitter i don't know if you noticed but the signal is terrible in this building (laughs) and so i see a couple things every once in a while i'm like oh i need to read about that but then i can't i have i'm out of the news this week almost entirely so all right a public service announcement from david mcgarry david thank you so much it's always my pleasure